to INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe. With news analyst Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Wiebe, and professional commentator Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. Breaking news. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. According to my, hold on. Accor, listen, I'm, I'm putting one hand to my, my earphone, to one uh-huh. ear. Mm-hmm. With I got two fingers pressing one ear. All you can hear on the earphone mm-hmm. is us. Hold. I've got, no, there's somebody else coming through. Listener, you hold for Michael, listener. Michael, do you have something? I have something. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently, Kirstie Alley has died. They, they're going to know this. In, <laughs> this is two weeks old. No, this is this is this is why it's news, Kevin. We're delivering like, something oh, you haven't heard. Well, not the not the people that are listening live. Well, well, they they, they don't know that. <laughs> there's no, there's no. We're the only ones listening live. No, I I opened up the uh, I opened up the stream. There's no stream. I I what, what you service didn't know, did you but use I opened today? it up. What did you use? Um, Google Google Friends. Google Friends. Mm-hmm. What, is, is Chandler listening? What? No, That's, but did you know this? You're compounding Mike's terrible <laughs> late made-up. But Ross and Rachel are really enjoying this right now. Oh, did no, you know this that is... the name of a uh, an adult kangaroo is a Chandler? What? No, oh. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, the babies are Joey's. Oh, yeah, I knew the babies were Joey. What are the what are the women? Ah, the women, the, the adult, the adult kangaroo women. Overrated. <laughs> I just don't listen, and this isn't about women of every species. I just don't like women kangaroos. Oh yeah, wow. And if that makes me misogynist, then so be it. But I think women kangaroo. I mean, look at them. They're hopping yeah. around, thinking that they they think they can hop as much as a, a, a as much as a man kangaroo. Well, they have a well, they have a baby kangaroo in their pouch, yeah, and it they can has, do it with a pouch. If 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 the if the video game kangaroo taught me anything. They have little boxing gloves on the little kangaroo. There's no video game called kangaroo. Isn't that called kangaroo? Mm-mm. The yellow kangaroo in... I remember no. one time a, 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 a movie <laughs> came on late. Uh, oh. I was probably about six or... I Did it make you feel funny? Six. I, I was a kid, so I was like six, nine, or maybe I was in... Uh, maybe I was kangaroo! Like 18 <laughs> maybe I was like 18 or 19, but this movie right. came on. It was called Kanga, uh-huh. the boxing roo. And it was about a boxing kangaroo, and it was a wow. live action, live action show, uh-huh. and it was about a kangaroo that was bought. I was really excited, and uh-huh. it was coming on late, and I was like, yeah. "Mom, can I watch Kanga the Boxing Roo?" And she said, "Yes." Oh wow! Yes, but it started late, like at nine or something. Uh-huh. And then she came in, and uh, it was not a cartoon. And she was like, "I thought this was a cartoon." And I was like, "No," <laughs> I was like incredulous. And Kanga the Boxing Roo is not a cartoon. It's a real movie. Wow. And then she said, you're not allowed to watch it. And uh, <laughs> so I, I just. What kids cartoon was starting at I never at said nine? it was a car. All right, listen, hold on. I, okay. I never said it was a fucking cartoon, mom. I never said that. Yeah. I just asked if I could watch Kanga, the boxing roo. And I don't understand 
why the fuck it's a I don't I don't I don't make that different. I don't see why uh-huh. somehow why why is it acceptable for me to stay up late to watch a cartoon, but it's not acceptable for me to mm-hmm. stay up late and watch fucking cinema. How how old are you when this is going on? Like I said, I was like six or eight or nine, uh, or ni- yeah. nineteen or twenty sure. or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's when right. when right. did you finally get a bedtime above nine p.m.? You know, I'm trying to remember when I actually <laughs> did. Yeah, I think I watched many a half episode of Simon and Simon. Yeah, I think that was the era when I moved past. I we stopped at eight thirty for a long time. Wow. Breaking then, news: uh, guest oh. star of Simon oh, and no. Simon, Kirstie Alley, has died. Oh hey, no! Already? Oh, no, oh. this is old news already. Too soon. Too soon. That lady from Cheers died oh. just seconds ago. Yeah, that was That's that was awful. also Kirstie Alley. No, I think it was Kirstie Alley was Kirstie. awesome. I was excited. I because I I haven't. I'm sorry. I was excited to tell you guys because that was news to oh, okay. me because oh, I okay. don't um I have Twitter but I've taken it off my phone. Uh-huh. But occasionally when I get stuff on and and I was actually looking for something else, an article popped up on Rolling Stone magazine. Uh-huh. The, well, Christy, Kirstie Alley was a sidebar, but also the singer of the band The Clean died. Hmm. And. Bob Dylan still got it. Mm-hmm. Why is Kirstie Alley in Rolling Stone of all things? Like, what well, is she's the, dead? Yeah, but why would they even talk about that? What has she done that the best music magazine ever made that is still yeah, the best, the most relevant, putting out re- re- the most yeah. relevant, best? Yeah. Like, why are they covering? I read a really good piece about uh, David Crosby's America's Sweetheart uh, ceramic turtle <laughs> collection. Ooh, well, guess guess who gave a, a big R.I.P. to Kirstie Alley and Twitter? Who's that? Shelly Long. Travis Tritt. <laughs> what? Shocked and what? saddened by the news of Kirstie Alley. What's their connection? Yeah. I'm, and then uh, there's another. I'm, I'm just going to read some obits on Twitter right no, now. This is good. No, I, don't, I don't think this, this is. This no. is our hundredth episode. This isn't what the people want to hear. Bullshit. Uh, this is exactly <laughs> what they want to hear. Kirstie Alley, I love uh, you forever. Guess who uh, said that? Guess who said that? Uh, the winner gets five hundred dollars. Bob Hope. Ted Danson. No, the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Are you the the wrestler, the Iron Sheik? Yeah. I'm impressed he's still alive. Is he WWF? WWE? What is his? He was well. WWF isn't WWF anymore. Right. Was was the Iron Sheik? Did he wrestle the Bon Erics? No. No, that was Skandar. I don't know. Maybe they all wrestled each other. Maybe maybe George the Animal Steel. Oh, yes. the great George great. the Animal Steel. You know, have, have we has have, have we talked about the Von Erics enough, Mike? For you to do a for you to do a get to know your podcast Ooh, about just the Von Erics? I'll do yeah. that. I I feel like we probably should. Yeah, uh, that's something. I think a, a lot of our Texas listeners might know, but uh-huh. are the majority of our listeners who are from overseas would be yeah, fascinating to, to hear about it is wrestling, true. American grappling. Do they have wrestling overseas the way we have wrestling? Uh, they do in they do in Japan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whether you agreed with her or not, Kirstie Alley was an undeniable talent who brought joy to many through screen and her warm, hilarious spirit. R.I.P. Love, you are one of a kind. Guess who said it? Parker Stevenson, her ex-husband. Woody Harrelson. No, it was. Uh, and this is she retweeted the last thing that uh, Kirstie Alley had tweeted at her. So this, oh, this is what sure. it is. Coach. Kirstie Alley had tweeted at her. I love you, all caps, Jack Hay, Harry. Ooh. You are funny as you are funny as hell, and make everyone want to be your best friend. Well, Jack Hay, okay, I'll <laughs> from uh, TV's two two seven. Oh yeah, yeah, two two seven, the apartment number, I believe. 
Hey, hey I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. This is a as a just... so very sad. Kirsty Alley, R.I.P. My <laughs> condolences to her family. Guess who said it? Uh, mm. I'm gonna say um, that that was Jason Bateman. Robin Concord, Concord, whatever his name was. That guy's dead. I think. Incorrect. It was Robert Patrick T2. Oh. <laughs> the Terminator 2000. Mike has lost his headset. You were the Terminator so 2000. Wishing his uh, support for the uh, newly deceased uh, Kirstie Alley, and you know that makes sense because he's kind of a science fiction guy, and she lived a science fiction religion. Agent Agent Doggett. What's that from? From X Files. He replaced oh, Mulder, I didn't and watch then that show. everybody hate everybody hated him. He's kind of an action star. I kind of like him. Okay, you guys are definitely going to know who this is. Okay, 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 one more. A lot of us are bummed right now. I can feel it. Kirstie uh-huh. Alley defined relatable. Beautiful and funny is not easy to pull off. Actually, that's true. Like, <laughs> Kirstie Alley was part of a small pantheon of the fearless and shameless. She always told her truth on screen in our TV. And then there's, a, there's, a, there's a he. Um, gave you a little hint. He put a uh, emoji in our TV rooms. There's a little TV emoji. She's uh-huh. missed. Real time. Guess who said that? Norm. No. Cliff Clavin. No, it was Vernon Reed, the lead guitar player from Living Color. <laughs> when were we going to get that ever? The cost of personal. <laughs> Neon Lights. Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. When a leader speaks, that a reflection lies. So welcome to the International News Service. We're your hosts. I'm Kevin Harrison, along with... I'm Brian Camp. I am... OT level 17 Scientologist Mike Weeby mm. and supporter of the Kirstie Alley I Miss You Fund. Are all those people well wishing her just because she was a Scientologist and they're Scientologists? Oh, is that what question. they do? I don't know. Is, is it just they ring the bell and they're all like their sis? Like, I feel like I would have heard if uh, any of those people were Scientologists. So does that mean the Thetans finally got her? But she was seventy-one. I mean, well, it's weird because if you reach the if you reach the upper levels of Scientology, um, you won't get cancer. OK oh, Magazine so, said she spoke out against Scientology just oh, before her untimely death. A real SP. Wait, she spoke out against Scientology. Right. Maybe that's what uh, bit her in. According to OK Magazine, which I've never heard of until this moment, o- Oklahoma Magazine. Yes. Right. They've done a lot of Scientology exposés, so that makes sense. Somebody put a R.I.P. Kirstie Alley with a picture of Fergie. That's kind of funny. <laughs> well, I don't mean to make light. I did like Kirstie Alley. I I'm, I I don't know much about. I like Cheers. I like Summer School. Oh, she was great in Summer School. Yeah. Oh, she was in Star Trek too. Runaway. Remember that you said that she was in the Rathacon. Oh, is that a hint? Uh-huh. Look a who's talking. Look who's talking to. Look who's talking now. Are you talking about yourself that you're talking? <laughs> yeah, well, you, Kevin. I mean, sort of. Was that Bruce Willis voicing that baby? Bruce that... Willis. <clears throat> That's how John Travolta would say Bruce Willis. Hey, look here. I'm John Travolta. That's Bruce Willis. <laughs> That's like Italian. I mean, hey. that is. I mean, I guess he was hey, of Italian I, descent. I, I, like, I get a lot of kiss the alley because we both are in the Scientology. The baby's talking is Bruce Willis. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we we have a Uncanny. special guest for our hundredth episode. It's uh-huh. it's, uh... it's John Travolta. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to talk about my friend Keith the Alley. 
<laughs> and what the listener unfortunately can't see is the the spasming that goes along with maybe the best John Travolta. That's part of the John Travolta impression is that you gotta move your move your move your uh shoulders right here. Right here. here. Right here. Pumping and moving wildly. It's it's yeah. It's very convincing. It's like we've been joined by star of stage and screen. And Bruce Wheelies. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Bruce Willis likes uh, wine coolers. You've given him a very... He likes Seagram's golden wine coolers. <laughs> what? Now, Bruce Willis was a, was a, did commercials for Seagram's golden wine coolers. Yeah. Did he? I don't know. Yeah, that. and he would sit. He was sitting out on the porch, and he was him and his bros in uh, the Bruce the, the the return of Bruno band. His blues buddies yeah. were hanging out, and he just like start. He pull out a harmonica. And play a fucking stanky little lick, <laughs> and then and then go Seagrams golden wine cooler, Seagrams golden wine cooler. Uh, it's winning this guy. Oh my 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 my. advertising. Yeah, yep. that's when things were good. <laughs> not like now when things are not good. Now when I drink a wine cooler would be good. I, yeah. What what are we drinking now? We're drinking White Claws. We're drinking uh, Trulies. We're drinking uh, hard seltzers. They're just it's just it's just clear colored wine coolers. That's all it is. Yep, you're right, Michael. Fortified wine. I did have a what's Christmas season? Aren't you drinking eggnog? Oh yeah, I'm I'm drinking nog till I vom. <laughs> if you see if you see a bunch of nog vom outside, <laughs> you know that I'm probably inside. If you see a bunch of nog vom inside, I'm probably outside. I like that you start drinking with the ultimate goal of vomit. <laughs> like that's that's why you select eggnog. I like that vomit. Mike is clearly traveling in a straight line. Like if it, if it's outside, then he's inside, and so if he's if it's inside, then he's outside. But he can't be where right. he was before, or he'd be inside. So he must be like I only go in through the front door. Listen, I'm going I, out through the back door. After a, after a Nogvom bomb, uh, it smells. Mm. It does not smell good. <laughs> I'm not one to, to stand in my own filth. Well, that's debatable. No, there's no debating it. When I make a mess, I leave immediately and, and let someone else clean it up, and then I come back. Oh, we know. We've all dealt with it before. I don't know. I'm, I'm, chilling, on the, I'm chilling on the booze in this holiday season. Uh-huh. So what does that mean? Huh? You define that for us. I'm doing cocaine instead of drinking. <laughs> Smart. It is. Uh, it is white, like snow on the ground. I don't exactly. like the way you said that. I know. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to like not drink as much. This. I'm, I've, I've really been on a little bit of a tear, I guess, and okay. I'm, I'm trying to trying to zip things up. Yeah. Trying to get get some Christmas presents, you know. Oh, Ooh. you're trying to be get off the naughty list. Mm -hmm. A little late in the game for that, Michael. Yeah. No, there's no. Listen, that's the great thing about being a hardcore Christian like I am. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how late in the game. Right. It's just as long as you do it. I mean, I could probably keep it going uh -huh. for another week and a half, but I'm going to well, go ahead. And... I, I hate to tell you this, but this is the 21st. Christmas is four days away. Mm -hmm. You might be able to make it, Mike. I might. That's a lot of chocolate in your advent calendar. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite horror movie is Advent Horizon. What? <laughs> Mike. What? Come on. <laughs> I just, listen, I'm fucked up on nog right now. Uh, that's right. You're about <laughs> to I had a bunch of nog. You're, you're gonna beeline it outside for your nog. Once bomb. I vomit, once I vomit out, I'll make. I'll have. I'll be coming with the A material. I'm also like, listen. 
I'm also grieving. Okay. I'm grieving. Over Kirstie Alley. Yeah. I I am letting that sink in. That is a weird, you know. Yeah. We're having all our, all the stars of TGI Friday. I mean, uh, must see TV Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. They're all dying. Richard Mulligan. Is it a conspiracy? Is this similar to the JFK, every conspirator killed within a year type issue? Or are we, are we? I, I mean, I don't know. This is, it's something to be looked into. Woody Harrelson died. No, Woody Harrelson's fine. She was the last remaining Hi. cast member of Cheers. Yeah. John Ratzenberger is dead. No, he's alive. George Went is dead. Also alive. Ted Danson is dead. Doing fine. Coach is dead. Well, that, that that is true. The guy who played the rich guy, Robin. Yeah, he not he is Robin dead, Masters. No, Robin Although, Masters ooh. was Robin Colcord. What if it was? What if Robin Masters and yeah, Robin on Cheers? You guys are bringing up so much stuff that's going to get brought up later. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to shut up then. I had no idea. It's always know, a get surprise. It, get to it, us. Getting to know your podcast is it makes sense Whoa. that it, that's the title Prescient. of it because here we are discussing what is maybe the golden age of network sitcom Uri. We're living in the Belisario sense. <laughs> so this is a very special week, guys. Very special. It's our yep. Christmas episode, and it's also our 100th episode. Wow. So I just want I just want to say you guys congrats on wasting hundreds of hours of your lives, you know, to entertain our listeners. Hundreds. I, hundreds. I that's, a, that's a little bold. I mean, over a hundred for sure, but not hundreds. I mean, these used to take like three hours to record though. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like we've done. Think how much time we've wasted. They owe us. Let me think about how I can let the listeners thank me. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Send me uh, nudes. Uh, Mm. Make sure you send those to Mike. With consent. (laughs) I consent to you sending me nudes. I, I believe it's Mike Weeby on Twitter. Right. Oh, you're not I don't on Twitter. Ch- Again, I'm not checking Twitter very yeah, much. Yeah. So don't if I don't get back to you, don't think it's because I'm I think it's Mike Weeby on Instagram. Right. I don't and I don't I don't even have an Instagram account. Except for the one that my, my manager does for me. <laughs> so this week we've got three Christmas related news stories. And then mm. Mike has something special cooked up and get to know your podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, it sucks. Actually, I'm a little bummed out because I did. Uh, I had to. I had something else planned, and we were gonna have a special guest call in, but apparently, she is no longer with us. Oh, that would have oh, been fantastic. Damn. We were gonna do, do a you full. Think that's what cost we actually, it? we're gonna do a full Cheers reunion with the entire cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's what? down anymore. They think it's right, in we, poor taste. We called it. We called it all off. I don't believe that Woody Harrelson recognizes poor taste. No, he said he he said it was cool, but it was uh, some of the others that got uh, it real, okay. real bee in their bonnet about give, it. Give us a name, Kelsey Grammer. Okay, Bebe Newworth. <laughs> I don't know which one. That, who's that? Lilith. Lilith. Oh yeah. So guys, our first story comes to us from Live Science. Ah, oh, Jesus. Maybe live Science as well. But anyway. So, uh, Mike, you said you're trying to get on the good list. That this this story may be important to you. Why will it be important? Well, Saint Nicholas was a fourth century bishop who was born and died in what is today Turkey. First of all, I don't uh, recognize the saints. I'm a hardcore uh, Christian, so I don't deal with any of the Catholic BS. Okay, okay? we yeah. worship the one true God. His name is Jesus H Christ, and we worship him and his dad. God, right? What, what is what is? We don't fall for? into the whole like, oh, I got all my fucking saints, uh-huh. and I got I got Saint Saint Charles and Saint Jim. Uh-huh. 
Well, I don't do all that. I I got time. I got time for my main man Jay okay. right. and his Papa God. Uh-huh. So Saint <laughs> Nicholas uh, was also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker, but he is best known today as the origin point for Santa Claus. And according to legend, and he's called Nicholas the Wonder Worker. And according to legend, some of his accomplishments including included rescuing three girls from prostitution, chopping down a demon possessed tree. Resurrecting uh-huh. three murdered children who were pickled in brine and supposedly anonymously gave the poor the wealth he inherited. All right, good dude. Which also, if you remember back to, I think it's episode 96, there was another like dead body that was pickled in brine. So, uh, so St. Nicholas died in 343 and was buried in Turkey. But around 1087, his remains were stolen and supposedly they're buried in Ireland, but this is disputed. And the location of his tomb was lost. That's cool that Santa Claus is buried in Ireland. Maybe. It's disputed. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's true. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's why there's no snakes. You heard it here first, folks. That's why there's no snakes. But that was because of St. Patrick. They teamed up. It was a team up. Yeah. Like a, it was like a, like a Marvel team up. Super group. Mm-hmm. He's a Roman emperor, a Roman empire guy then, right? Yeah. So it's modern day Turkey, but it would have been the Roman empire in 343 when he died. Constantinople. <laughs> yes, Constantinople, not, right? In Istanbul, not yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're confused. I don't know why the name changed though. Something legal. It was they got sued. Yeah. There was another. Right. There was another Istanbul. Okay, the third person you fought in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Are we gonna just review? Uh, they might be Giants lyrics all night. <laughs> I mean, we could. So, all right, that's a good should... record, you know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> This shouldn't be too much of a surprise since the church, which operated until 1923, was built in 520 on the foundation of an older church where St. Nicholas was bishop. Part of the reason it was hard to locate the grave is that the grave robbers had pushed other sarcophagi out of the way when they stole St. Nicholas's bones and they blocked ah. its location. Nevertheless, Christmas just got a whole lot spookier this year. Somebody stole Santa's bones? In uh, 10... 87. Whoa. Why'd they, why'd they steal his bones? So it was, there was a big, it was a big deal in the middle ages to be like, to have like the bones of like saints on display in churches. Was it a heaven pass? What do they call that? I think, it, yeah. Cause I think it's like, you're more a you're, word for you're it, closer yeah. to like holy death. Like clearly like this saint went, went, like went to heaven and you're the closest thing to their dead mm. withered corpse. So obviously you're going to have it. I think that's what that um, Alice Chains song is about. <laughs> Alice, wait, wait, what song she, is, is that? Is she your favorite singer-songwriter? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna end up a big old pile of dim bones. <laughs> I feel so alone. Gonna end up a big old pile of dim bones. <laughs> I believe this song is called Dim Bones. <laughs> dim- <laughs> you remember that Alice Chains song? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what it's about. They were real into Whoa. like 15th century saints. No, no, he's he's 4th century. <laughs> yeah, but they were into 15th century and that was like their one their one throwback song to the 4th century. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they were in like around in the 1990s. I know, but that that's what they wrote about. They right. Wrote, oh, what, I see. Yeah, they mostly most Alice Chain songs are about 15th century uh-huh. uh papal Okay. Issues. So what was that mm-hmm. rooster song about? That was about let me try to remember the lyrics. The lyrics are yeah, they come to snuff a rooster. 
<laughs> but he ain't gonna die. <laughs> yep. No. Well, clearly uh, that's some sort of resurrection that's occurring. Yeah, right? and the mm. rooster the rooster symbolizes like a big pope outfit, you know, like <laughs> big red robes. And the big hat sort of looks like a big. Right. It's oh, red. Wow. There's kind of like a gold, like a gold down the middle that kind of looks like a you uh-huh. know a rooster, whatever the the little waddle they have under their under yeah. their beaks. It's where the phrase "cock of the walk" comes from. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. the Pope used to walk oh. through Vatican City, bobbing his head furiously back and forth. And then forth. it was popularized the way the way Lane Staley used to walk through the crowd to get to the stage. <laughs> He's dead, right? He's dead. He's probably singing a duet with Kirstie Alley <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> They're both, she's singing, I'm gonna end up a big old pile of dim bones. <laughs> uh, do you think people will steal her bones? Oh, yeah. You mean you mean St. Kirstie Alley? You never know. I'm well, sure in Scientology, if she's Scientolo- up clear enough. The Scientological Saint. Well, no, she, she, it said, according to OK Magazine, she spoke out mm-hmm. against it. No longer a Scientologist. So they had her killed. That's what that's what I'm worried uh-huh. about. I'm worried about I'm about to have to go fucking when it comes to me solving cases, uh-huh. I'm getting too old <laughs> for this shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm hey. worried I'm gonna have to go choke out David Miskovich. <laughs> that's his name, right? Yeah. What is He's what a... is that what does that get you? Well the the truth? <laughs> the fucking <laughs> truth, Kevin. That used to mean something. It gets me results. <laughs> and you don't hire. You don't don't hire me if you don't want results. What are they? What are we hiring you for again? To solve the murder <laughs> of Kirstie Alley. Oh, okay, okay. How much you charge? <laughs> it's he. He donates his time now. Yeah, that's his, that's his thing. Like he, so, he's so successful from the lifetimes he's lived due to the uh, amulet. Oh, that he, it's he's trying to get his pay his way back into getting Christmas gifts for all okay. the evil he's done. So okay. yeah. it sounds like it's going to cost a lot up front, but in right. the end, I usually end up taking the case pro bono. Oh, like the A team? Yes, but sometimes I sleep with the client, and it's pro boner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kirstie Alley's got one more surprise in store for her. I mm. guess that's more like Jim Rockford. <laughs> we. <laughs> we waited long enough here uh who did he hate he hated old fucking larson right oh glenn larson yeah, yeah. he punched out yeah. glenn larceny <laughs> so somebody stole the fucking bones of santa why haven't we made a movie about this uh that would be that that would be way better that would be a way better uh da vinci code than the da vinci code yeah like you're you're on a hunt for the 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 bones of Santa, and then when you get there, there's just like a wrapped present. You open it up, and it's Santa's bones. So uh, I didn't Are know you... Santa came from the fourth fucking century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, did they even have like they didn't have like forks back then? Even <laughs> no. Santa is is pre fork. <laughs> they had forks. I think. I think. No, but... they just had their hands. <laughs> they definitely didn't have. They didn't have the color red in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so red didn't exist. The color spectrum had not been filled out yet. But did they have sleighs? Why wouldn't they? Because <laughs> it's the it's the it's the year four hundred. Right. They just figured out fire like forty years ago. <laughs> have you not seen Ben Hur? I've seen I've seen Ben Hurl. <laughs> so that's what I do. That's what I do for me drinking too much eggnog. <laughs> so one of these Christmases. 
if I don't, if we, if we record too early and I don't have any mm-hmm. stories that I can put together, I might do something that's like the pagan origins of Santa Claus. That it's not pagan. Mm-hmm. Goes all the way back to Satan. Santa Claus is Christian. And quit saying pagan. Yeah, you. It's pagan. Pagan. Kevin, you, it just. It's yeah. It, listen, it, the, the, it stands for people against goodness and normalcy. Uh huh. Thanks, Strebeck. Yeah, you're welcome, Friday. Um, look, look, Santa uh, is canonically Christian, right? And even though that they they tie him in with this, uh, he rejected all the Catholic bullshit too. No, at the he, end. he there was no such there was no such thing except for Catholicism. Then, like, he was just Catholic. In his mind, and he, he rejected it. He was like, "I'm going to go <laughs> the one true way." The, the Catholic bishop. I'm going to be Southern Baptist. Yeah, he started that way, but once Southern Baptist was an option, he switched. Uh, yeah. He's been around for a long time, Kevin. Yeah. Once, I, he I realized that, once he realized that uh, drinking and dancing was wrong. <laughs> Big dominoes player, Santa. Why don't they, I say they, but I kind of actually mean we, uh-huh. dig up dim bones. <laughs> okay. And DNA test them. Oh, yeah. Well, because they don't know where they're at now. They they think during the crusade, somebody took these some bones to uh, Ireland and said, you know, these are these are St. Nicholas's bones. We need to bury them here. And so they buried some bones. And now they think that that it was actually just like a local priest. He was probably pretty good, too. Were the bones in the color of, of candy canes? <laughs> I, that's how you can tell. I, yeah, I don't know. We got to dig them up to find out. So... Our next story comes to us from Sora News 24. 24 hours? 24, uh, what is the 24 in reference it, to? It, it, it goes on 24 hours a day, but it's it's a Japanese news blog. I've grabbed from Wait, it before. George Soros News, 24 yes. hours? Yes, that's that's exactly right. <sighs> Shit. That's what I've been fighting against my entire life. <laughs> you got enough of that guy? Your mom's, your mom's going to be real proud. George Soros, 24 hours a day. <laughs> Just all day, all day telling you to go to pro paying people to go to protests. Yep. All day coverage of protests. So on last year's Christmas episode, which I believe was episode uh forty eight. Have we been doing right. this for over a year? We've been doing this for almost two years, Brian. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we met Philip Pampers along the way. That's mm-hmm. true. It's about the Pampers you meet on the way. So on last year's Christmas episode, we talked about the Christmas uh, tradition in Japan of eating a bucket of fried chicken on Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, we're going to start doing that. Yep. Yeah. Mm, you guys got got uh, four days to plan. <laughs> oh, how, how, oh, well, that's not near enough time. <laughs> that's, that's right. If you don't put your order into KFC <laughs> days in advance, yeah. they'll never have the chicken ready. Exactly. <laughs> that's their business model is advanced ordering of food. So this year, Pepsi has introduced the ultimate drink to pair with this Japanese Christmas meal, which they call Pepsi Fried Chicken Senyo Cola. Allegedly, the new Pepsi contains dietary fiber and lemon to help cut through the oiliness of the fried chicken, while the scent and sweetness of the cola has been reduced to enhance the flavor of the chicken. Pepsi Fried Chicken Senyo Cola hits stores in Japan on December 6th and will only be available during winter. Each bottle is priced at 160 yen or $1.18, which seems really reasonable for soda. Yeah, for a chicken specialty soda? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Surely there's there's specialty stores here in the States that will get their hands on a bottle well, of... Let's get one of our Japanese listeners to... 
pour some of it into a plastic bag and <laughs> ziplock that up. Right. And yeah. send it send it over over to us. Right. Just mark it on the form. Say it's urine. So, you know, then they won't mess with or it. Just put a big skull and crossbones and poison on it so nobody steals it. Yeah. yeah also, it. also, and I haven't brought this up in a while. Send some urine over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because like I said, I wasn't drinking alcohol. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. You got to have some kind of vice, I always say. Mike Weeby, General Delivery, Bastrop, Texas. It'll get to it. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> Oh, uh, it'll be it'll be like a miracle on Fifty Fourth Street with just sacks of urine coming in at the last minute, <laughs> just truckloads of urine barrels this, rolling down just, the street, down the gravel road. I just imagine this porch, and there are all these just yellow sacks, like just <laughs> like sitting on, on the front lawn, feet propped up, just gazing wistfully into the horizon, wondering where it all went wrong. The Christmas miracle, <laughs> beep, beep. and just mail truck after mail truck trundling <laughs> along. With sloshing it's gallon enough. jugs of urine. It's Bring enough in, urine. Boys. It's enough urine for the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> for all of Bastrop. Bastrop to the last drop. So what I do have a question for you guys. What <laughs> would you pair with fried chicken? What is your like drink would you pair with fried chicken here? Like because obviously it's gonna be hard to get Pepsi fried chicken senyo cola. I, you know, I stopped, I, like, I, honestly, like, hearing them describing the reasons why they did that is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I stopped drinking, like, that kind of soda a long time ago. And, uh, and now, man, cause I, 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 I'm, and I'm, I'm joking, but barely. When I, like, between, like, I don't know, like 17 and 22, I probably exclusively drank Coca Cola. Oh. Like, I didn't drink water for, yeah. like, years. Mm hmm. But there was like a year or two when I was a kid that I guess my metabolism was hot fast enough that I didn't like yeah. get too fat or whatever. But it was one of those things when I quit drinking Coke, like I immediately, like within like three weeks, lost weight. And I did, did not change any other dietary stuff. Right. Like I just was like, I'm going to stop drinking Coca-Cola yeah. and drink cl- club soda or whatever. So I haven't had it now. Occasionally, like once every, I don't know, year or two. There'll be some situation where I'll take a sip of of like a Jack and Coke or something like that, uh-huh. and it is so fucking unbelievably sweet. Yeah, that I can't believe yeah. that. Like, I mean, it just tastes like pure sugar in my yeah. mouth, and it does. It's it's not good. Like, it does not taste good to me no, at yeah. all. And uh, I I can I can't wrap my mind around how I could ever drink that stuff. But I remember liking it. I remember loving it. Yeah. I remember loving yeah. it. If you're drinking at a bar, isn't it probably RC Cola? Isn't that the the bar trick? It's cheaper to get RC Cola, and RC Cola is a lot sweeter than Coke. I don't know. I feel like I've had actual Coca Cola though. Okay, I mean, so, you're, I don't, I don't describe yeah. it as very yeah. sweet. It's, it's, yeah, I don't drink soft drinks that often at all. Like I could have a sip and probably enjoy a sip or two, but I could never finish like a full. Yeah, I I do this thing with my girlfriend where I will buy a couple like Good. a like. What's casual that? mention that you've got yeah okay. we talked about this before you just shattered the dreams of yeah. many of our female listeners we're trying, we're trying to do is like a jackie chan thing where he never oh i'm sorry you know when jackie chan announced that he was engaged uh-huh. that like four girls committed suicide <laughs> i shouldn't laugh at that but that one of them was kirstie alley <laughs> <laughs> and the other one the other one was ria perlman Yep. Real she point. hasn't heard yeah. about it yet. Though. No, did that really happen? Did hmm. women commit suicide? Yeah, because, yeah, like, oh, like, wow. like, like, like three or four. 
Oh wow! And then they like left notes saying it's because I know that I'll never be with Jackie now. Yeah, I know. I knew. I knew women like that's like Valentino when Valentino died. Several women committed suicide just because mm-hmm. you know they would never have Rudolph Valentino. Now he had a big penis, right? I don't think so. Or he was just a good lay. I also kind of don't think so. He was super rich. Was that part of it too? Like he was, he was super good looking is the thing, but he was also like, I was like, I was also like the one Latin guy that was in American movies too. Yeah. But he was, I think he was Italian or Italian guy. He he had like Latin looks though. Yeah. He was like the one guy that didn't look like a white guy. Yeah. He he would be the chic one week and then he would be like, you know, like the Mexican freedom fighter the next week. I've been to the grave of his dog. Oh, Hollywood yeah, Forever. Yeah, we talked about it. you met that lady there. Yeah, yeah, I met the. I, I remember the, that. Yeah, yeah. Was that Hollywood Forever? Uh, no, this is the Hollywood Pet Cemetery. Lots of pets with real racist names. H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft's cat was there. Huh? Like names with the most racist name that you could have. You have to Google that, by the way. I'm not going to tell you what that name is. Well, that's good of you. Was there something wrong with the ground there, Mike? Like yeah, the- apparently <laughs> it had. It apparently it had gone sour. Whoa! Yeah, That's... used to be used to be land that the Mi'kmaq Indians. <laughs> I heard that you know, but at least at least the pets there can have another chance at life, right? Uh, or something. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> sometimes, uh-huh. just not all the time. Uh-huh. Sometimes, uh-huh. right? Dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's certainly something that we'll all be thinking about Whoa. for quite a while. I didn't, I didn't, I was trying, we don't think we answered what we would drink. Well, I just said I wouldn't like oh, to yeah. drink so soda. what would you drink? Yeah. Okay. Um, cause I love, I do love some fried chicken. That's yeah. like, uh, that's the, that's, I still eat chicken. I still eat fish and I don't eat that much fried chicken cause it's, it's not so good for you, but God damn, do I love it. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. I had like some fried chicken, uh, like a fried chicken sandwich from some like, hoity-toity pop-up uh at some hoity-toity bar and it uh-huh. was really it was stupid it was like 15 bucks for a sandwich and i was like uh fine and i'll be goddamned if it wasn't totally worth it it was so but i'm trying to think i mean i guess maybe i would do just like a club soda maybe i don't, I don't like to eat anything with with booze to me alcohol okay. is a i would probably just have like a coke but okay i'd, I'd water it down with some club soda and like uh, you could add a twist of lemon. Add a little lemon and maybe yeah. some Metamucil to it, you know, just to kind of help <laughs> with the digestive process. But I wouldn't want to be too sweet, so I'd water it down right. a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'd probably like a Pepsi, you know, maybe with a you Pepsi. You know what I'm going to have? What's that? Fucking a big, like a giant, like imperial pint of eggnog. <laughs> That'd be the best <laughs> nog bomb of all time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to try, and my whole thing is I'm going to try and finish the entire bucket of chicken <laughs> and two of those, two of those nogs, two imperial pints of nog, no ice, room temperature, one before, I drink one before, eat the bucket uh-huh. of chicken, uh-huh. then drink the other. The entire and, bucket. And then just, and then just, yeah, let it go. Let it, uh-huh. let it fucking right. go. Yeah. This story actually replaced the story. I had that it just wasn't very good about a guy who got caught, uh, a guy in Wichita Falls who got caught trying to shoplift some uh, eggnog. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Well, he's probably trying to nog bomb. That's <laughs> right, a good man. It's not cheap. That's my holiday tradition. I understand that that they do different stuff in different areas, but uh-huh. yeah, I'd like to. And right. Like maybe that's a little, okay. you know, 
I should have a little segment about holiday traditions, but I'll just introduce the listeners to my holiday tradition. It's called Nog Bombing. Uh-huh. And it's where you go try to vom all the nog that you can <laughs> vom. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny that you mention your holiday traditions, Mike, because mm-hmm. this next story might be right up your alley. Oh, boy. Hey, before we switch over, yeah. are you, Mike, are you working this week? I mean, define working. Uh, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's go to lunch Thursday. Okay, knock bomb. That right, listener cool. could hear that. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't want to forget. You're all invited. Well, they can come. It's, yeah, it's all they're on, welcome. It's on, it's on Mike and Brian. We'll talk about it next we'll talk time. About we'll talk it. about it. We're going to Noggies, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Austin pop-up knock bomb. Whoa. Right, spot. Right. It's the one locals go to, not one of those yeah, chain it's not the nog fucking, joints. Yeah, you're not going to see... Listen, if you're thinking you're going to see Elon Musk, uh-huh. you're not going to. Our next story comes to us from Tasting Table, oh, which is kind of a food news and culture blog. It's also the, the classic way to present an assortment of eggnogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well... So, so Mike, the, you, were, we were, you were talking about your Christmas traditions, and if I remember correctly... You are king of the zingers, is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, right. I am king of the zingers. Well, I, I, I mean, oh. I'll say that was bequeathed uh, to me by the former king of the zingers, Prince Philip. Wow, Prince of Wales, but king of zingers. Okay. The last thing he said to me before he died was a zinger. You were you were holding his hand at his bedside. Yeah, I was holding that, his right? hand at his uh-huh. at his bedside, and, then and what, he, what was the he, zinger? He he. he, he with a bony withered finger, uh-huh. he pulled me in closer and he said, why did the queen continue to buy so many jewels? <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, and he just shook his head. Like, I don't know. And then he goes, bitches, a bee, a shopping. <laughs> and then he died. Yep. He just like that immediately after he said that, he just goes, Bleh. <laughs> his tongue stuck his tongue out and crossed his eyes and was dead. Wow. Anytime anytime there is correct recall of INS Cannon, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I I guess I have mentioned that before, but I'm sure it's, yeah. it's people That's need to a, remember that. A real treat for the committed listener. Yeah. yeah. Like twice as many listeners now as the last time you said that. <laughs> yeah. Now we're blown so, up. Yeah. So yep. This next story might not be news for you, Mike, but apparently every Christmas, the British royals have a tradition where they weigh themselves before Christmas dinner, and then they get on the scale again once they've eaten. The tradition began with King Edward VII, who was king from 1901 to 1910, and he was Queen Elizabeth's great-great-grandfather. It is believed that if a royal gains at least three pounds from the meal, then it's evidence the meal was a good one. Now, I I have uh, just like a a little caveat here. So the articles I found said royals were weighed before dinner, but it almost sounds like they might do this before breakfast and then again after dinner because my research shows that they eat a lot on Christmas. So as for what's served on Christmas... The morning begins with a full English breakfast, which is bacon, sausage, eggs, black pudding, baked beans, Ugh. potatoes, tomatoes, mushrooms, toast, and tea. At lunch, That's a lot. I know. 
<laughs> At lunch, they have turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and Brussels sprouts, along with a brandy smoked, a brandy soaked flambéed dessert. And then they have afternoon tea with mince pies, sandwiches, yule logs, and fruitcakes. All of that was plural. Finally, when they supposedly weigh themselves, they have a massive buffet for dinner. Of course, it's also important to note here that you should try to eat your three pounds of food as quickly as possible, because as soon as King Charles III puts his cutlery down, the meal ends. Oh, is that the rule? Yeah. That sounds like a, a British thing. Yeah. Here's the tradition that I would I that they I think they should do is um you don't weigh yourself until it's at the end of all that, right? Uh-huh. And then you oh, no. uh, so after you're done eating, after he puts uh-huh. down his cutlery, you weigh yourself. <laughs> and then uh-huh. and then you weigh yourself one more time uh-huh. after you've gone to the bathroom. <laughs> and and then you use use this is crazy. Uh-huh. Then you use math, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Then you use uh, ma- subtraction. You can see how how much your fiki weighed. <laughs> That's right. I was I was convinced there was going to be some sort of nog bomb weigh in. Like I think like you can you know there's definitely like it's it is an it's it's a it's fiki and nog. You you <laughs> go to the bathroom, you nog bomb, and you also you also you know you make a a Christmas right. fiki. And you know you have a just a giant a giant pile of you and the the tradition is after the after the feces like you then use the smell of the feces to nog vom so you don't even have to put your right. you don't even have to put your fingers down your throat for that you just you just smell uh-huh. it you you smell its rich blood pudding and tea <laughs> as digested. And then you just, you nog vom all uh-huh. over it. Yeah. So, and then, and then what they do is the servants come in and they present the pile to a, uh, a commoner. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> An um, orphan boy. Yeah. And it's like a big deal that they get to, that they get to have a piece <laughs> of, they get to have a little, their own little piece of the Royal. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like Santa's bones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ticket to heaven. Yeah. I wonder if you could assemble there was some sort of mystery a la the Da Vinci Code and uh-huh. Santa's bones that involved assembling all of the royal waste throughout the years. I mean, yeah. so you're like the royal plumber or something. Mm-hmm. Well, is there the is royal there good, Mario? Would you be able to get someone's DNA through their feet? Yeah. Shit, I gotta start getting rid of mine. Where do you? How how are you storing it for now? Dry storage. <laughs> Uh, meaning you have a root cellar just full <laughs> it's in a it's like in a, a mason jar for each it's just, it's just a plastic mm-hmm. bag right <laughs> just sticks masking tape puts the date and what he ate that day on every bag wow the royals uh they sure are classy aren't they i mean yeah. you know i i'm impressed at their ability to eat a commoner's entire day's worth of food for each of their meals Including tea. They can't. They, I mean, maybe they did back then, the big weird gluttonous ones, but there's no way. Like, that's. George. Princess, uh, is it? Princess Di didn't eat that much food in her fucking lifetime. Yeah. Edward VII was kind of gluttonous. Mm. Like, he was, he was kind of known for his gluttony. What era of. Was he the 
the king like in the 1800s? No, 1901 to 1910, but he was an old man when he took the the crown. And then I think he he had a lot of health problems and I think he died in like extreme pain. It's weird that he would have health problems. (laughs) Yeah. Like I imagine him as looking like Slimer with legs. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. I don't, I, I, I I went off before about how Thanksgiving is not the good Uh food holiday, but I think our Christmas, our Thanksgiving, I, I still don't like Thanksgiving uh, holiday food, but Uh uh, the, the, the Christmas food over there doesn't sound that good. To me. I mean, mince pies are pretty gross. It's like a suet pot. It's like suet, which is I don't even basic. know what any of that is. Suet Bird is like food. is like rendered pig fat, Ugh. and then it and then it's like Christmas spices and some fruit. So it's meat yeah. and fruit together. In a but it's pie? it's mostly rendered pig fat. Like if you when you cut it open, it's like a mini pie. If you if you like cut it open, it just looks like it just like it looks black and gritty inside. Looks like gritty from the Philadelphia yes. Flyers. Yes. So here, here's your Slimer of a King. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good painting though. Yeah. Did AI do that? This was made in his lifetime. You can see he has a little throwing star here under his sash. Actually, oh, I mean, yeah. I will say he looks. He doesn't look that fat. I mean, you know the yeah, painter, but yeah, you know a little bit. They and there's no way that he didn't tell the painter. If you paint me as I am, I will behead you. Like, right. I'm sure yeah. they. He's definitely that's a beheading a, king. That's a spelt. That's a spelt king for someone. Yeah, who, it's like it's like, probably the, the, basically like one of those fucking drawings of Trump they do now. Yeah, he's got right. he's got a little golden lasso, you know, like Wonder Woman. You know, man, that's a lot of clothes. What a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold in England. They did draw. They did the fingers real swollen up around those rings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Hell, hell of a scepter. <laughs> Do y'all have any holiday traditions you'll be uh, doing uh, this X-Mass? I will be flying to Sweden, and I will be attempting to burn down the Yevla goat. Oh, yeah, the goat. Which, as of as of this recording, and we'll update this on the page, so if you don't know about the Yevla goat, go listen to episode 48, where we talk about it. But as of this recording... I'm looking at a live cam of the of the Yevla goat, and uh, it is still standing. But mm. I'm I have not gotten to Sweden yet, so I wonder if the war in the Ukraine will put too much pressure and put too much risk on any would be saboteurs. Like if mm. they're saying like, "Hey, no, you can't, no joking around this year, guys. We're <laughs> don't play. We're, we're worried about. Don't even yeah. play. There it is. Oh, we are. Oh, See yeah. the street cleaning happening." Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a bus. There was a street cleaner a second ago. Jesus, how tall is that goat? Uh, I think it's like 40 feet. It's a big goat, and it looks like it's made to burn. Look at all I the mean, spikes they got around it, too, so you can't get at it. I mean, well, just, I mean, all you need is a drone, right? A drone? A bow and arrow did it once? Oh, bone Luke Duke. Good, steady vehicle that can ram a, whatever oh, the, the spikes they have there. You don't want to die doing I mean, it. You know, it's it, it'd be a good way to go. go. You would be known for the rest of history. You yeah. would be celebrated as a Swedish hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm gonna. I guess other than nog vomiting, I've never, I've never like really thought to weigh myself in and out around a nog vom. But this year, uh-huh. it's kind of exciting to like, you know, to create traditions. You know, right. this is like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. weighing myself in and out of a nog vom is going to be like an elf on the shelf. And I'm going to start promoting that as part of the holiday tradition. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's about time that there were some more something for the big kids, right? The big kids. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. And I think I, you know, it would be fun as if we actually combine the two. And the thing is part of the fun is, you have to find your kid's elf on a shelf and nog vom on it. I mean, right. you're the one who hides it, so it should be pretty easy to find. Yeah, but I'm going to be so fucking drunk on right. eggnog, I'll forget. Oh, okay. Right. That's fair. Well, maybe the thing is you blind the kid, and the kid has to use its sense of smell to find a yeah. yes. pile of nog vom. You blindfold Ooh. the kid, yeah. and you go, you have to use your sense. Yeah, that's, that, is a, that is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you and if you find it, you get one present. And if you don't oh. find it, you get no presents. That one might catch on. That might have legs. Mike, you ready to uh, get to know your podcast? Die Hard. Is it a is it a holiday movie? Is it a mm. Christmas movie or not? I don't know. I don't like to wade into secular waters, but I do know that the most Christmas uh-huh. TV show ever is Magnum P.I. It came up a couple of times without us, without you guys even knowing on this episode. Brian has a mustache right now. Very Tom Selleck vibes. I, 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 I concur. I just need a Dodger or a Tiger's hat. A little in a Ferrari curlier hair. You need sh- shag carpeting to cover your chest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy. Something a lady can really wrap her fingers in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. In the giant curls. Right. <laughs> Where from a profile, my shirt looks weirdly like like there's something wrong, but it's just yeah, the yeah, force exactly. of the hair pushing yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, for those who don't know, Magnum P.I. is an American crime drama television series starring Ooh. Tom Selleck as Thomas Magnum, private investigator living on Oahu, Hawaii. The series ran from December 11th, 1980 to May 8th, 1988 during its first run broadcast on the American television network CBS. It was always in the top 20 uh, in the Nielsen ratings, uh, finishing as high as, as three 82, 83 series, and it has come up a lot because it uh, it's just it is kind of America, even though it's set in Hawaii, which is not uh, you know typically an American place. Right. It is the United States. Mm, I don't of, think so. It's actually Polynesia. <laughs> I agree to disagree. I, I will not agree to that. <laughs> I'm just going to disagree. Oh, fair enough. So what it was about was uh, Tom Selleck. We kind of just described how he looked. Uh-huh. He, this is what made him famous. He had a mustache. Uh, really, you put it down at the end of the day, it was that big, fuzzy, mm-hmm. furry mustache. Brian's well, furry mustache. Yeah. Um, Selleck's is a little bit thicker and longer, though. Okay. Um, oh, so his mm-hmm. is more lustrous. Well, that's not to diminish Brian's mustache, but let's be honest, most mustaches <laughs> are not as full as Tom Selleck's. Yeah. No mustache. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Tom Selleck's mustache. I mean, it had the girth of a porn star's penis. His mustache. I feel like like, huh. like yeah. Tom Selleck's mustache reclaimed the porn stash for Middle America. Yeah, I think so. I think it did. You know, and for a while, um, because for a long time, the the mustache was considered. A bit of a homosexual uh, thing in the in the in the early late seventies, early eighties, and Tom mm-hmm. Selleck definitely, I, I believe, 
I read somewhere that there was some to do about that within the, you know, uh, inquirers and stuff, that there was a much to do when he first became famous of whether or not Tom Selleck is, is gay or not. Uh, okay. turns out he's not. And they, they not? tried to, they tried to let you know that <laughs> by the opening shot, which oh. to this day oh, yeah. makes me horny yeah. uh-huh. in the opening release where Tom Selleck is holding a woman, teaching her how to swim. And he looks down at her bikini clad buttocks and then looks up to the camera as if to say, Oh, Hachimama. (laughs) I know that scene well. Yeah. Look what I got to deal with. The mustache was a big deal when it came to male sexuality in the, in the seventies. You guys know Uh, this? mm -mm. It was sort of like having an earring. Remember when having an earring made you, people would have a thing about that. Right. I, I, anyway, I, I, yeah. I really tried to dig into more of the mustache stuff. <laughs> well, it's, it's defining. It's yeah. defining. Well, and you that's look fair. at him, too. And he now is doing a lot of TV where he uh-huh. doesn't have the mustache. And he looks stupid. Yes. He's like Sam Elliott. He just like uh-huh. he, he was born with. Honestly, when I think when Tom Selleck was born, it's not that he was born a mustache is that his mom gave birth to a mustache and the rest of the human grew around it. <laughs> it does seem like it belongs even now on yeah. his face. It's not right with it without him having right. it. There's, it's, there's an uncanny valley okay. when there's no mustache there. Did he have it in Quigley Down Under? Oh, yeah, he had yeah, it in Quigley yeah, Down yeah. Under. Okay, okay, in okay. fact, he got it even like, yeah, like a eight, twirl. 1800s it out a little bit. Give oh, it a little cool. Raleigh. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at him without the mustache, and he does... He's got a lot of upper lip. Well, we've concentrated on the mustache so far, which was we've what done twenty most minutes of the, on the mustache, which was what this show was about. But let me tell you some other plot points. Uh, so he played he played a guy named Thomas Magnum, which is a very sexual porn starry kind of name, you know. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I yeah. don't know that they made Matt. I I do. I would like to 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 find out. Kevin, can you research when they started making Magnum com condoms? That's a good question. Uh, I will, yeah. I will, I'll break in with breaking news. Which came first? Um, well, Thomas Magnum was a private investigator, and he lives in this guest house in a state called Robin's Nest. Mm-hmm. And it was the, an owner named Robin Masters, who's an unseen character, who you only heard his voice in like four or five episodes. And 1989. The voice- 1989 Magnum condoms. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Magnum got their name, that the idea of, of a penis being so large okay. that it required extra prophylactic came from the idea that Tom Selleck and his mustache would require a bigger Jimmy hat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Magnum was a firearm term as well, though. Well, but I mean, no one's ever associated a firearm with a penis before. Well, what? there you go. There's nothing phallic <laughs> about a gun. Anyway, uh, so he lives in his house, and then you never uh-huh. see. And it's uh, you only hear the voice twice. The voice provided when you did hear the voice by uh-huh. one Mister Orson Welles. Oh wow! No yeah. way! Yeah. So he lives. It's this like amazing giant house. He operates on PI cases that kind of suit him. You never see who Robin Masters is, but the house is tended to by this guy named Higgins, a.k.a. Jonathan Higgins III, played by John Hillerman. Funny enough, the voice of Robin Masters, Orson Welles, the voice of Kit, the car, Jonathan Hillerman. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
uh, Higgins is an ex-British Army regimental sergeant major, and he's kind of this mm. stern, very Britishy, by the book caretaker who a lot of times is getting into a little bit of an argument by Magnum's caterwauling, catish ways. But uh, over the actually over the seasons, they start to grow a closer and closer bond, uh, which I believe they were leading to them becoming lovers. But that's not sure. actually figured that out. It's Very initially cool as a series because right. there's an unspoken respect and fondness that grew between the pair. Many of the episodes dedicated more screen time to this odd couple pairing after their relationship proved popular with fans. A recurrent theme throughout the last two seasons, starting in the episode Paper War, involves Magnum's sneaking suspicions that Higgins is actually Robin Masters. Since he opens Robin's mail, calls Robin's Ferrari his car, this is suspicion is never proved or disproved. Although, at least in one episode, you see Higgins alone in a room picking up a ringing phone call and talking to Robin Masters, indicating that they're two different people. But you're always like, hey, is he faking that? Is this just a big mm. fake? Is he yep. faking it out? And we do hear, but Higgins isn't in the room when mm-hmm. we hear Orson Welles' voice. So maybe he's just doing an Orson Welles impression. Right. You know? Oh, like that guy from Picking the Brain. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's his his lawyer that he asked to help help solidify the ruse mm-hmm. because he doesn't want Magnum to know the truth. Which I don't know why he wouldn't want him to know that. Right. That seems like a really weird dodge. But may, maybe he's just a super reclusive. This is a a, a combo production. This okay. is Belisario combined with Glenn A. Larson Productions. So oh, this is damn. this is why this is a very penultimate oh, crossover ultimate crossover thing. There's Another super an ionic team. bond. So the, you know, he's kind of just this laissez faire uh-huh. uh, private detective on a gorgeous island where he's given this Ferrari to drive around with. They never really say how much he's getting paid. And his is Magnum's other two main companions are Theodore T. C. Calvin, played by Roger E. Mosley, R. I. P. Rip. He just passed away. Yep recently uh he runs a one-person local helicopter charter and a, mm. and a tour van service called island hoppers and he often finds himself persuaded by magnum to fly him you know around in various cases and then um the other sidekick is this guy named rick whose real name on the show uh not the actor the actor's name is larry minetti but the character's name is orbel wilbur richard wright his character did mm-hmm. not like the whole wright Orville. brothers reference yeah, that's- which Weird. is funny because he doesn't do the plain stuff. Yeah. That's TC. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I does Rick do? He's I just like a friend, right? No, he, so in the, in the, in the, yeah. in the pilot episode, he runs a bar called Rick's Cafe American. Okay. Because oh. a reference to Casablanca, right. because just like in Casablanca, they're in a foreign country. <laughs> they're in the foreign country of Oahu, Hawaii. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They do have yeah. a queen. In Hawaii. Exactly. And like Rick in that episode, Rick shows up and he wears like 1930s attire. But after the pilot, they're like, ah, people don't, nobody's ever seen the movie Casablanca in 1980. (laughs) So they had to change it to now, like his club is this plush beachside kind of club called the King Kamehameha Club. Oh, that's right. Or Kameyama. And, uh, it's like got an exclusive membership and Higgins is on the board. Magnum's always walking around and he's always running up a big unpaid tab that, that will make, you know, he's always charging it to uh, the Robin the Masters, Masters account, account right. and, and, yeah. and Higgins is always like, 
Magnum. And so TC <laughs> and Rick and Magnum, they were all Navy SEALs, right? And they were in Vietnam. And this apparently was a big deal because it was showing Vietnam vets as like guys who were not all shell shocked and stuff because I guess the okay. portrayal of most Vietnam vets was like the horrors of war. But there are a bunch of episodes with the horrors of war. Right. Where there's a bunch of episodes, maybe not a bunch, but there's several where there's like them remembering how how gnarly it was in there. Flashback episodes, right? Or like yeah. where yeah, they have like, like delusions or hallucinations or something about I, I still think, being Yeah, in. it definitely comes comes into play. Right. Yeah. You know, TC's always helping out with the use of his helicopter, and he just frequently says to Magnum, "Hey, I just need gas money." They're referring to the high cost of fuel. And then, and then there's an episode which is weird. It's so mm-hmm. weird. They go to refuel his helicopter, and when they're fueling it, you see the fuel pump, and there's a picture <laughs> of Biden. This is like this is like twenty, thirty, forty years before. This is like sixty years before. Biden was even born. And there's a picture right, on the right. fuel no. tank and it says, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> That's just prophetic. That's classic. I, it is. I mean, it is. It's like, it's really easy to get, um, to get on the internet and see like listicles that are like 30 times Magnum PI accurately predicted the future. Wow. That's more mm-hmm. than the Simpsons. A lot more than the right. Simpsons. In fact, right. Magnum, predicted the simpsons wow and they had a prediction that there was going to be a tv show of cartoon of yellow cartoon people that would also predict things in the future right it was a weird episode (laughs) at first but i mean once you once it kind of came together it was a good one but yeah you know he's like higgins i'm watching this show and these uh, (laughs) yellow cartoons are predicting something called Mm 9-11 same as an inside (laughs) job well, the the Greeks named two of their gods after Higgins's Dobermans. Yes, there's a part where uh, there's a part where TC comes in. And he's like, "Fuck, Magnum, Jesus Christ!" And they go, "What? What is it?" He goes, "I just had a dream that in 2022, Kirstie Alley died." That and they go, who, "They go, who, they go, who is that?" He goes, "Like she was good friends." Well, John Travolta here. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just goes back to them solving some kind of crazy ass case. I don't uh-huh. think that happened. Oh no, it no, is. The, epi- sounds... the episode's called "Under Siege, Under Fire," mm. and it's an episode yeah. where Magnum has Are to. Are two different Steven Seagal movies? Where, it's, it's an episode where Magnum has to take down a military uh, naval colonel who's smuggling in fireworks because <laughs> it's illegal to have fireworks in Hawaii. Oh yeah, ever since uh-huh. Pearl Harbor, everyone gets they wanna... triggered. <laughs> Right, <laughs> they're too triggering. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the team up, and they have a lot of fun. So uh, mostly, and honestly, I don't even like a little bit of like personal stuff. I watched it, but I don't remember a lot about it. It was kind no. of a bit of like a lifestyle porn show before before there before there were shows that were literally just about lifestyle. Before there were like plotless shows about like, well, we're just gonna You're fall right. around idiots and let them watch them be rich or whatever this was like well we're gonna do that we want to show we want to show off hawaii we want to show off rich people shit we want to show off like people living like super awesome lives but we gotta have a story in there and it was a pretty compelling story did you guys watch magnum pi a lot i did i mean my my parents had it on and so i watched it but i don't remember 
very much about it. Here's the saddest thing, though. This is a weird. This is a weird alternate history situation. After the first season, uh, it's 1981, and mm-hmm. the the show started, and they, they like shot the pilot, and it got. Um, it, it, they're like, eh, I don't know, we might make this, and then uh, it's in front of the thing, and then in the middle, uh, Selleck's auditioning, and he gets cast <laughs> in a movie called The Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you can find, uh, you can actually find the full on um, the the screen test of him doing that on there. But he's cast like it wasn't like oh it's uh, it's maybe going to be him. He was he was Indiana Jones, and then uh, Magnum PI gets greenlit, and they're like no, there there is like a two week spillover where we need you to be shooting the show. And he's like, I really, I really think this movie's going to be good. And I uh-huh. think that, I think that, oh, um, yeah. you know, this, this Steven Spielberg cat, that's right. how they talked back then. Right. He's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of wins under his belt. I think this is only going to help the show. If you let me off for this couple weeks mm-hmm. and we just delay production a little bit there. And the studio's like, no, no, no. Cause there was this big, weird divide between stuff back then. I guess maybe their thinking was if the movie was a big hit, then he would be trying to, and then the show was a hit, he would be, try to bail or he would like cost more money or whatever. But in my head, it seems like a real win-win situation. Right. Oh, anyway, yeah. but so uh, they say no to him and he has to turn it down. They give the part to Harrison Ford and then fucking, there's a goddamn after a Screen Actors Guild strike and the production of Magnum is delayed until December 1980, which would have allowed Selleck to oh, play wow. Indiana Jones. And, I, you know, most of the time, I think, like, when I think about, like, you know, career, especially, like, show busy stuff that, like, uh-huh. oh, I could have done this or could have done that. For the most part, it's like, well, you never know how it would work out. Right. But I got to think that this is a thing that would really fuck with you. Can you imagine yeah. that? How, how yeah. bad would that fuck with you if you would have been, I mean, arguably one of the most iconic on-screen characters right. of the 20th century? But I, I have, I do have trouble imagining anybody but Harrison Ford in that role. I mean, well, I know, so, but it, I mean, he yeah, would have been good in it. The thing is, he would have been, he would have been good in it. But I don't know right. if he would have been as good as Harrison Ford is in it. And, and maybe he would have, like, but we I don't would know. never have known right. a, yeah. about Harrison Ford doing the role. Right. We would have just known him. And, you know, I mean, look at the direction and the shots and the cuts yeah. and all that stuff, like in that movie, in the action, imagine all that with Tom Selleck. And it's weird to imagine because you've never seen him in a movie right. that had like a really good director in it. Yeah. You know, like he, he's never been in a thing that like uh, three men in a, Baby was pretty good. Directed by uh, Leonard Nimoy. Well, touche. <laughs> yeah, but mostly that was him dealing with baby Fiki the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mm. do think, though, that like there is an alternate world where if it, if he would have got that part, yeah. yeah, he probably would have done Magnum for a couple seasons and tried to get out. But like that would have led to so much huge movie stuff, you know? And his movie right. career never really, you know... Yeah. Uh, uh, Quickly Selleck's, Down Under and, and Three Men and a Baby are basically it. Right. Pretty much. I mean, there's some other stuff, too. He did some comedy stuff, but he never, you know, definitely never got a chance to do any kind of meaty roles, you know? Like, if if, right. if if there's a world where he is the go-to guy 
to Harrison Ford. If if Harrison, let's even just pretend that Harrison Ford stays as famous as Harrison Ford okay. gets, which you know, I, on, I mean, honestly, Harrison Ford had done Han Solo, so his right. cachet is real big on there. But other than Han Solo, I mean, you've got Indiana Jones, and there's no that character is so goddamn iconic. I it would be hard to not be occasionally drunkenly suicidal over this in my opinion only the only thing i would say is, yeah. as an exception to that is you're not comparing someone who had a complete miss of a career to this these heights magnum pi was on for a shit i mean he made what well, surely that was one of the number one shows for yeah. years i mean it was yeah, great it, it was in and the top syndication that's where nowhere you make your near real money as big as indiana jones but it would be hard to completely look at that and say like Oh yeah, but this was this is pretty great too. Right, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I will say this. So just to take a quick break here, what do you think? According to the internet, what is Tom Selleck's net worth? And is it higher or lower than Harrison Ford's? It's lower. Lower. Okay. Yeah, you guys are right on that. So what are you saying, Brian? Fifty-eight million. Okay. I'll say his net worth is thirty million, but his mustache's net worth is twenty-one million. Mm. You guys are close, but you both went over, according to multiple websites, $45 million. Now, what do you think Harrison Ford's net worth is? $230 million. $300 million. $300 million is what the internet... Well, wow. I have two sources. Well, I'm... I, have, I, have like, I have four sources. Two say $300 million, and two... I'm sorry, three say $200 million, and two say $230 million. So you're both right. Yeah, he reached the point where he could say... I will command this amount of money and no less. And it was worth it to pay that amount of money, I guess. Yeah. I yeah so. And definitely a thing too, of like, there's stuff that Tom Selleck could get asked to do that could work with his, uh, work with his agents and stuff and cajole to do at a certain budget level. But Harrison Ford, like his name, like Harrison Ford can make almost any movie he wants by saying he's down to do it. And it's maybe not quite the same star power as it was before because he's older now. And it's, right. you know, a lot uh, like I'm saying do any movie that, but, but like he can pretty much do, you know, anything close to age appropriate will happen if he, if he wants it to happen, which is crazy because, you know, there's no other people that are in their seventies that can like go like, I want a movie made. And it could be about like Harrison Ford could get a movie made about old people, like, you know, being old, like a mm -hmm. non golden pond type thing. Or he can do Cocoon. a fucking action. He's got a new yeah. fucking Indiana Jones movie coming yeah. out. And and there's just no question that even though there's only like four movies with him in it and one everyone resoundingly hates, he, it's one of the most iconic characters yeah. of the of the 20th century easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he, I know he played two of them. Yeah. Two of the most iconic characters. You know, all the Marvel people, anybody that's in a Marvel movie, like those are characters that came, and granted, like they took a lot of tropes of Indiana Jones from other things, but not right. even very, things that weren't very famous at the time right. either, you know, because right. like right. if you're going to a superhero movie, even if you don't know who the superheroes are, you know who and what a superhero is. When we were kids and we were going yeah. to see Raiders of the Lost Ark, like I didn't have any knowledge of like the... Right. 
the adventure swash the swashbuckling style adventure serials. I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe I knew that that ex- I, I don't. I actually, I don't think I did because in my head, all I knew was like uh, Han Solo's in a new movie, but he's not Han Solo. Like that's literally right. how it was pitched to me. Like we're gonna go see a movie and Han Solo's in it, but he's not Han Solo. Yeah. And that's all I needed. It stands up too. It's yeah, yeah. it is, it is great. a great movie. So y'all would know this. I don't know, but it does seem like that's true, Brian. Yes, so you're both very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. It's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I I don't know that there are there's a whole mess of movie or like movies and those serials and stuff they drew from drew from, but are any of them considered to be really good? To where there's it, there's almost like there's one version of that that really is what it's supposed to be, and it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think you're right. I, I think and, you're right. Yeah. Like you, there, it's not like well, you really need to see this. There isn't another one, is there? No, it's, it's great. It's very, it's very much like a like a. Like those, I think those serials and stuff, it's not that nobody knew about them, but it was sort of like a Tarantino thing of like, you know, a lot of people know what like the word grindhouse or exploitation is because of Tarantino. Cause he's like, Oh, this is where I got a lot of this stuff from. This is the inspiration for all this stuff. And definitely I think that, that the, the cultural awareness completely came from Raiders of the Lost Ark from, you know, there's probably right. some film nerds and stuff that knew about it, but other than that, like yeah, right. probably like the best film serial was probably Flash Gordon, and right. I don't know that I would like, argue Flash Gordon because that, nah, one that wasn't that wasn't a serial and boobs, though. and there was a there was a monster it's called a penisaurus, yeah, penisaurus Rex. It was a, what it looked like was like a dinosaur, but it looked like a penis. We and almost had a eye. serious conversation. I'm, I'm glad that we, we deviated almost immediately. Well, we're talking about film. We're still talking about film. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. No, no one would argue, though, that Flash Gordon is comparable to, right? It's, it's no, like, you, it would be a foolish argument to say, like, yeah, you, Raiders of Lost Ark is pretty good, but you really need to see this yeah. VHS of Flash Gordon. Like, if you're watching a serial, you're watching it just kind of for a historical perspective, right? In some way, or or you're a crazy completist who has to see everything with Superman in it, and I've got to watch right. the Superman serials. Well, the Alan, Alan Quartermain movies were kind of a rip, Qu- right? Quartermain. There's no R in Quartermain. Waterburger. Well, that's why it's quarter. That's got an R because Quartermain. Waterburger. You're of something else. <laughs> well, and those. I think the character of Alan Quartermain, Quartermain. is. It was a very. <laughs> the character came before Indiana Jones. That was an actual old. Right pulp or cereal right. but it's just yeah nobody well, after after those after indiana jones came out they released two alan quatermain movies with i think richard chamberlain and they were apparently terrible sharon and stone. kim cattrall yeah. oh sharon, sharon stone, stone. Sharon stone yeah. yeah kim cattrall is temple of doom and kirstie alley is dead yeah so that's uh and that's that's all i got on the uh yeah, okay. on magnet pi there's kind of a conclusion to our belisario sance and it teams Ooh. up with the uh the larsana sance of a new series next together, week. but so hopefully next time when we drop the name TC, when we drop the name Rick, when we drop the name Higgins, when we uh-huh. talk about Magnum looking down at that ass in your head right up in it, <laughs> then you'll know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe watch, maybe watch an episode from the second season of Magnum PI just to get a little bit of an idea about what we're talking about. If you if you've never seen it before, it's a good show. So that wraps up another week in the International News Service. Find us across social media at International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. If you want to give us a gift this Christmas to help celebrate our 100th episode, tell your cool relatives about us and snub the lame ones who give you socks every year. Check out the NS merch store at Redbubble and our Patreon. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Higgins. You filthy animals. Higgins. <laughs>
Hagen. Thank you for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS, the news you need.